Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This week on the episode, we have Gabrielle Toza, who is Australian YA author. I loved this conversation with Gabby. She just shares everything um, on the process of writing, but she really goes into what she does to renew herself for, for every book that she writes and how the journey of writing each book is a completely different process and what it took her to get from um, starting in the industry to where she is now. And it is such just a beautiful conversation. Um, So yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy this one. And you can also win a copy of one of Gabrielle's books too. So all you have to do is head to the podcast to um, oliviahillier.com slash podcast, fill out your details there, and you could be winning a copy of Gabrielle's book, Can't Say It Went to Plan. So if you want to win a copy of that book, which is one of my favorite of hers, it is such a great, um, fun YA story that if you haven't read it yet, I highly recommend. But without further ado, please welcome Gabby. Welcome back, listeners. I am very excited because this week on the podcast, we have Australian YA author, Gabrielle Toza. Thank you so much for joining us, Gabby. Oh, thank you. Now, I love your books, particularly can't say it went to plan. They are such, like, so relatable for YA, but also it takes you so much back into that space of of being that age and and going through, um, you know, all the things as you do as a young adult. But what I want to ask is when, how did you know that you were um, a writer to start off with? Oh, gosh. I think I probably thought those types of things about writing when I was in high school in terms of taking it a bit more seriously. But I honestly loved writing since I was a little girl. It's the old cliche. I loved reading, which evolved into a love of writing. And I had this like daggy little assignment when I was at school. I think I was in about year one or two, maybe even kindergarten. And we had to say the top five careers that we wanted, which seems a bit outrageous for like primary school. And um, I had author, news reporter, oh, wow. and starring on Home and Away. <laughs> so I've had, you know, I've become an author and I've been a journalist. So I'm like still working on Home and Away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's coming. <laughs> yeah. So look, I had obviously no idea what being an author involved back then. Um, but I remember in high school taking my writing much more seriously. I started to do work experience at the local newspaper and I really started to enjoy my English classes, nerd alert, but, you know, <laughs> facts, and did the extra, you know, English classes where you could do the big major projects and just started to immerse myself in it all a little bit more. And that eventually was why I decided to study uh, journalism and creative writing. 
Yeah, excellent. And you worked as a journalist straight out of uni, is that right? Or yeah, yeah, I was lucky to score a job in Sydney. So I'm a country girl. So I kind of did the leap from Wagga to studying Canberra. And then I got my first job in Sydney in magazines. Yeah, oh, excellent. Awesome. And what was the point of, you know, writing for magazines to then taking the creative leap, I guess, and, and yeah, giving yourself that chance into becoming an author? I suppose I'd always had those two sides to my personality and studying because I was studying both of them at the same time. They were, they're such different disciplines. Yeah. Yeah. And I really enjoy both of them and I still do enjoy both of them. Um, So I guess there was that greedy part of me that wanted to do both. Like I just fantasized about not being one or the other, but finding a way to dabble in both of those. So once I got the job in the magazine world, it was such an amazing job. It was at, um, my first job was at Disney magazine and I'm a little oh, Disney. Wow. Yeah, so I had a few years there and then I did a few years at Jolly. So I was like right in the thick of my pop culture heaven. And I kind of wasn't really doing much creative writing during that time. However, I was still talking a lot about wanting to be an author one day, but I wasn't doing any of the writing. Um, I still had that love for it. I was still obviously reading a lot and absorbing everything, pop culture and books and TV and film. Um, However, I wasn't doing much writing. And so one thing led to another and I had the opportunity to do a little course and I um, did a little kind of publishing course thing and I met a, a publisher through there and that was kind of the beginnings of the nudge that I needed to immerse myself back in the creative writing world as and remember, like, it had never gone away. It was just you have to carve out the time once you have a full-time job. Um, and that was great. It meant my, it meant it had never, like, died. It was always there. So for a long while I was straddling both worlds, like, and it was pretty intense in terms of the hours I was pulling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Firstly, I just want to, that's amazing to be able to write for magazines and write in in that way and then turn into the creative side. When you've studied both, too, that's, there's two different like brain states I feel like that you need to get in to be able to do that as yeah. your day job and then switch off and get into the other state is amazing. So um, what was your what was your first book that you was your first book that you wrote one that got published? Mm, yeah. So the very first full novel that I wrote um, was called The Intern and that came out in 2014. Um, but the very first draft was written in 2011 and 2012. So a different lifetime it was written in. Um, I had written a lot creatively before then through my uni degree and just writing for fun and myself, like my word, um, my Microsoft Word is just filled with all sorts of scraps and fragments of things that no one will ever see. I will never let anyone see them. Um, but by the time I was writing The Intern, I kind of had played around with the tone of that book before with other pieces that were shorter. And yeah. I there was, there was one year, maybe the year or two before I wrote The Intern, where I did um, NaNoWriMo, which is National yep. Novel Writing Month. Yep. And I cheated with the rules a little bit. I kind of stretched them to suit my own circumstances. But 
it was great practice in building up some consistency and making writing more of a habit and just finding my creative voice again. Yeah, absolutely. So what was it? What was it? What was NaNoWriMo like for you? Was it working all day and then setting some time aside of an of a night time? I think just for the listeners, if you haven't heard of NaNoWriMo before, is it a thousand words a day or it's like 50,000 words in a month? Is that right? So NaNoWriMo is 50,000 words in a month, which works out at about 1,667 or 70 words a wow. day. Yeah. Um, which is a lot. Huge, a lot. It's, <laughs> yeah. And it's the moment you miss a day, you're suddenly behind and it's very hard to catch up. Um, so that's why I was cheating. <laughs> um, but what would work for me at that period of my life? Because I was in my twenties, I, um, you know, had a, had a roommate and I had like my own room to do whatever I wanted. And I could just make my own rules with life. I've now got two little children. So things are a little bit different, but I would wake up at about five, five thirty, and I would work on my creative writing for about hour and a half, two hours. So then it was done for the day. And then I'd get ready for work. And then I'd go to work. And then basically each night I would just be brain dead. Um, It was very effective, but possibly not that healthy. (laughs) (laughs) It's effective to just get into the zone and get it out there and have your your first piece written. So the intern did amazing. Was it, I'm going to say the wrong, is it the indie book of the year it won? Something. Oh, it won the it won what's called the Gold Inky at the Inky Awards, yeah, which nice. was a just such a special awards because it's voted for by teen readers. It's yeah, the, perfect. Yeah, it was through the State Library of Victoria. Um, it's kind of been parked for now. It's but it's been around for a really long time. So I think it won it in 2015, and that was honestly a huge shock. I was an absolute nobody and I was blown away when that happened um but that was really special because it meant that the readers had voted for that um yeah ultimately like I love that YA is so widely um embraced and accepted by people of all ages but even to this day when I'm writing I'm imagining like a 14 year old reading my books so that was really special yeah yeah and to have it those people that you know have have voted for that. That's um, an unbelievable feeling. So you've written the intern. What was the process of, okay, now I'm going to go and get this published? So it was a little bit different to how everyone's journeys is because as we all know, no one's path to publication is the same. So there's not really a way to replicate anyone's path really. Yeah. Um, so for me, I meant, I mentioned that I had touched on doing a bit of a publishing course where mm-hmm. I'd connect with the publisher. So they were nonfiction. So obviously I wasn't writing that, but I suppose they saw something in me and put my name forward to what happened to be a young adult and children's publisher. And at this stage, I hadn't written a word of anything. So that publisher and I started talking and she asked me if I had anything in my drawer, like a manuscript in my bottom drawer. And I hadn't because I had just been talking about how I wanted to be an author but I was literally doing no other creative writing other than my work at um, the magazines and I said to her in my nerdy little way 
I will, I'll pitch you some ideas and I'll get you something. And so she was happy to, happy to do that. So that's where it all began. I pitched some, some very, very general ideas. One of them was loosely the intern and she was happy to read a few sample chapters. So then I was like, okay, great. I'll get you some sample chapters. And I remember hanging up the phone and being like, okay, how do we write sample chapters? <laughs> um, and so I think I wrote four or five and edited them over and over and sent them through to her and she liked them. And so I then wrote it, the whole book, <laughs> but without a contract at that state. It's called Writing on Spec. Yeah. And so it was a risky move. <clears throat> but as we all know, with when it comes to publishing, so many people, so many people are writing entire books before it's being picked up by a publisher or a literary agent. So it was a risk, it was a gamble, but I did have a story inside me that I wanted to tell and it was just an exciting opportunity and I was just really grateful and obviously blown away and surprised when it all kind of came together. And that's how I got my second book published as well because when they offered me the deal for the intern, they asked for a sequel at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And that's an awesome, just a reminder to like go and, and do the things and put yourself into a course or put yourself in front of people. You know, you never know what, what can happen or who you're going to meet or who they're going to introduce you to. It's just Absolutely. like getting in there. And just to be really clear, like with that course, it had nothing to do with the type of writing that I was wanting to do. It was, I actually had signed up for a different course that got cancelled because not enough people applied to do it. So then I had this voucher at this place. So I just picked something randomly. So it was one of those weird moments in life of like hard work meets a lot of luck and time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and I just was the dork in the class who asked a hundred questions. And so I just really tried to get as much out of it as I could and got along with the publisher and she was so kind. I, I'm thinking about it now. I was so young and she was obviously just being really kind. And we had a few coffees over the years and every time we'd have a coffee, she'd always ask, so have you written anything yet? And I'd always be like, no, no, I'm going to, you know, work's really busy. And it kind of hit a point where it was just getting embarrassing and you, you realise why do I want to do this? And it kind of really got me thinking like, do I actually want to do this? Or I just want to be like saying that I want to be an author. And then I'm like, no, I have stories I want to tell. I need to, I need to tell them. I need to stop talking and start doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then that moment where you finally own it, it's like, oh, there's no, there's no turning back now. That's really great. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you know you always wanted to write YA? No, I, no, I didn't. I, I hate to admit this, but I kind of wasn't even like super familiar with the term. Yep. It was more, I, I suppose the first publisher passed on my details to a young adult and children's author. And she was very much like, just send me any ideas. And it just happens that so many of my ideas and my natural writing voice at that time was just very much in that pocket. Mm. And now, and then it was only like on reflection that I realized like how much I do love YA and all that type of thing. But I was just never one to be like needing the labels for it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because even when I was working at Dolly, 
we kind of weren't having like a young adult section in our in our magazine we were just we would only feature those types of books so I kind of wasn't we weren't really using that language um so yeah I, I didn't set out to be a young adult author it just very much kind of happened that way and then these days I've since had like young adult middle grade and yeah. a picture yeah. book and I try not to think I should try to write this young adult or this picture book or whatever it is I'm very much like ideas come to me and then I try to work out where that would slot in yeah excellent you keep yourself open in that way and yeah. how does that like how do ideas how do ideas come to you where do you draw your inspiration from such a cliche with the inspiration because it really does come from everywhere. However, I suppose for my books, music's a really big inspiration for me. Yeah. Huge. Um, both the actual melodies as well as the lyrics. The lyrics are huge. Um, even the title of one of my books, Remind Me How This Ends, is a is a bit of a it was inspired by an Adele lyric, for example. Um, or Melody Trumpet is completely like you know, about music and that type of thing. Um, so now these days, I think maybe the last four or five projects I've worked on, I've always had like a, a soundtrack that I've created in Spotify that I listen to in between writing, sometimes while writing to kind of bring me into that world. So music is just so key, so key. Like, and usually I have like a few main songs for each book that if I hear it, I'm bang, instantly with my characters in their world. So that's super helpful. Um, I'm a very emotional person with lots of feelings and thoughts and all those things. So that obviously comes into it. Like my books are thousand percent fiction, but there's a lot of real authentic feelings that go into Mm. there that are just, you know, exaggerated hugely or twisted and turned, that type of thing. So they need somewhere to go. They often end up in my books. Um, what else? What else inspires me? Everything. Everything. Yeah. Pop culture is another huge one. I watch a lot of film and TV, listen to a lot of podcasts, obviously read a lot of books as well. Um, but a lot of writing advice is often, you know, stop write, watching TV so you can have more time to write. But mm. I just, I never can give it up. I love it so much. I get so much out of it. Um, it really helps me as a writer. Yeah, hundred percent. And you pick little bits up from here and there of whatever you're you're watching or I'm or listening to. I'm so glad you said music because no one's actually said that before. And I think it's a well I, here and there people have, but it's mostly people like I put a vision board together. Or I, so I feel like some people can be a lot more visionary in that way. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. Having a soundtrack or a, or a music, it like I don't know. I I listen that way and things things come through to me. So. Absolutely. Um, so how much has your writing routine changed from now? So from writing the intern, now you said you've got little ones as well. What's, um, what's an, uh, an everyday writing routine look like now? Oh, my writing routine could not have evolved more. So I was, like I said, I was writing the intern in 2011 and 2012. And I'm now working on my eighth project with Harper and I have two little kids and Basically, I have no strict routine anymore, which I do find goes against everything I want as a as a professional writer. I would thrive having that golden hour time of 
5 a.m. to 7 a.m. every day just to keep momentum, even if I'm not writing, even just to have it to be by myself and think and play and even just sit there, you know, like just having that regular routine, I find very helpful. So these days I, they're in care a few days. So I block out some hours during those days to, to work on my book. I scrape in a few hours on the weekend. I do a little bit at night, but it's been actually really interesting and it's been testing me creatively in a different way. I've had to get experimental again and <laughs> One thing that's working for me with this new book is so much of the writing is happening away from the computer. And by what I mean by that is I am going for these long walks and combining that with like a brainstorming session. So Mm -hmm. yesterday I went for like a 90 minute walk and I sent myself, very daggy, sent myself voice memos about the book. I sent myself emails about the book. And by the time I got back, I had broken through a few like roadblocks that were getting in the way in terms of a few characters that I wasn't sure about, a few plot holes, planned out a few more chapters. And this was all away from the computer. Like I have not sat down and had a chance to write those scenes yet. So this book's really kind of forming and showing itself to me and away from the computer a lot of the time. So I'm hoping what that means is by the time I'm getting that more, um, structured long hours alone at my computer then I can I can um really do some deep writing um I'm trying to just go with it because it's working so far like another week I was doing that and I came up with like 13 different kind of chapter outlines so it's interesting It, it feels it feels like I'm not working but when I'm actually looking back at my plan I'm like no the book's forming it's just I think it's that reminder for everyone if it's your first book if it's your eighth project whatever it is it's different every time your process is different every time it has to be because it depends on your current season of life Mm. what obstacles and other challenges you have like you don't need to have kids to have challenges in your life it might depend on how your health is or um, what other things is going on at work that type of thing so that's probably been one of my big lessons personally and I'm still having to kind of accept it, which is just that adaptability is so important Um, because there is part of you sometimes that's thinking it's too hard. I just, I don't get my perfect time in the morning anymore. I should just give up. I'm like, no, we're coming up with something new. So I'm having to expend a lot of creative energy coming up with the new way. But I think it's, I think it's, it's kind of working. And in a way it, means that you've now got more tools in your writing toolkit for the future 100 percent. yeah I really like how you said that because it is it's like you you it's like how you do anything in life I, I think we all try and give ourselves this routine but nothing is ever going to be that perfect and, and you wish you had those perfect hours but yeah especially the creative process it has to be creative if, if it was all the same the whole time you know, how would you be getting to different places within yourself to be able to write it out there? How are you finding voice memos? I've heard a couple of people talk about it and I it's something I haven't tried, but like, because I'm not very good at, I need to like type rather than like speak things out. But yeah, how are you finding voice memos? So 
I agree with you about wanting that sensation of like, it feels like the story comes out of your fingers rather than your mouth. Like I yeah. kind of get what you mean. So I'm not writing the words of the story. Mm-hmm. I am more almost like narrating and talking about it, almost like if I was a viewer watching a TV show, Ooh, like what yep. could I imagine happening in this scene? So it's very much planning and thinking and talking out loud as opposed to writing the words of the story. Because years ago, I think I was working on my second book, Faking It, I got really bad RSI and it was the most excruciating pain and I wasn't able to be spending the amount of time that I needed to write, to write, to write the book. And I started to panic. And I remember people were like, oh, you could try writing it on, you know, a dictaphone or something like that. I was like, that's not how my brain works. <laughs> that remains true. I can't write the story on voice memos, but yeah. that's where I, I had to kind of break through that way of thinking though. And like, tell myself a new story which is okay you might not be able to write the story but we can come up with ideas for it at least and my brain does seem to work okay with that so it's very awkward doing it there's a lot of rambling and I usually start the the voice memo off with a bit of a okay you know this is awkward and I hate the sound of my voice but what could happen in this scene? And, you know, maybe the first few minutes is just pure waffle, but then something seems to happen and the magic kind of kicks in if you let it. Because I used to always just listen to podcasts on my work, my walks or call friends and that type of thing. And I do love doing those things. But kind of just having that emptier Mm. space, that free space to think, I think I need to start doing more of my walks like by myself in that way because they've been so fruitful lately. Oh my gosh. And a walk is underrated. Like I need to properly look into the actual science of where your brain state goes when you're, but it's like you are, you're in a, when your body's in movement and you can get lost in your own thoughts to be able to speak that out and listen to that back before sitting down. I can imagine how impactful that would be for yet when you do have those hours, it's um, a walk is yeah, definitely recommended. There's an amazing book out at the moment, um, nonfiction called Stolen Focus, which yeah. is kind of talking about the impact that the internet is have and technology is kind of having on our ability to focus and get into that deep work. And he talks about the benefit, the author talks about the benefit of not looking at your phone or listening to podcasts and that type of thing when you're out walking. And that's when he was having his most creative ideas. So I've been listening to a little bit of him. And then I was like, okay, that's the reminder I needed, you know. (laughs) Um, So give it a try. You'll feel like a dork. I live in a pretty quiet, big suburb. So I don't pass too many people when I'm doing it, but it just looks like you're talking on the phone when you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Even then, I feel like everyone voice memos. I I send voice memos to friends now anyway. So it's like, you know. as long as you've got your earpods like if you've got airpods and it just looks like you're kind of just talking to someone on the phone and yeah (laughs) (laughs) um stolen focus I do need to I need to write that down and look that one up um are there any other books that you recommend authors when it comes to the creative process or um general grammar or just just literally about writing (laughs) so absolutely I I don't really read them for the rules of writing yeah. or anything like that. I, these books are books that bring me back to 
my why, like why do I do this? They make me feel so good about writing and they, I just connect to them. So I love a book called Bird by Bird. Yeah. And I love Big Magic on writing. Yeah. And this book has nothing to do with, so there's a book called Atomic Habits, which has, again, nothing to do with writing, but I am, I would describe myself as very creative, but I also like, um, you know, not hacks, but, you know, um, productivity things and um, more like trying to write more effectively and that type of thing. And there's some amazing tips in Atomic Habits about how to kind of change your environment and change your mindset, um, which I have found really helpful um, when, it, when it comes to writing. And just so that one's worth, like if you're that way inclined, it's it's worth a look at as well. Um, but look, there's so many books out there. And if you're someone who's really starting out and doesn't even feel like you're um, super creative, but you're interested in it, um, the artist way can be really fun as a mm, bit of as yeah. a bit of a project to just tap into that inner child and have fun with it all. Um, I remember the first activity that I did with the artist way years ago was like, you know, go and buy the food that you loved as a child. I was like, oh, yes. And I went and got like a big flake shake from Wendy's. I'm like, oh, I love being creative. <laughs> That's so true though. It's, you do have to get yourself into that state and let yourself play. And I love, I love the artist way. I, I sometimes just open it up and read a, a random paragraph here and there. It's great for that. But I've been, I've heard so much, I've seen Atomic Habits everywhere. I've, I've had so many friends talk about it. I think that's the last time that I've heard about it, but I definitely need to, to read it now. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so great. And it's something that I like refer to here and there as well. And the others, I honestly, I try to reread Big Magic once a year. I just, there's something about that book. It's not for everyone, but it speaks to me. I really enjoy that book. And I always enjoyed on writing when I was a, when I was younger. I haven't read it for a little while, and Bird by Bird's brilliant too. Yeah. I've only read it once, but I loved it, and it's another one that I think I need to add to my annual reread list. Yeah, yeah. Big Magic is huge. That's probably one of the most recommended books when it comes to writing, and I'm the, I'm the same. Um, I, that's another one I definitely need to reread. It's re, it's really great. But the other one yes. that you said podcast that go with it as well called magic lessons yes actually it's really funny I had um Megan Jacobson on the podcast and she's like oh Gabrielle Toza told me about this podcast you've got to listen to it too. <laughs> I was like yeah. I, um I've listened to a couple of those episodes so that's that's another really good one to listen to yeah yeah um excellent now you do so you're midway through a new manuscript at the moment are you able to give us just a tiny little bit of what's what's to expect is it YA or is it something else or yeah, so I'm working on my eighth project with Harper it's another young adult contemporary novel I probably shouldn't reveal anything too too much at all to be honest because it's such early days I am still in the weeds with draft one um but I think if you're a fan of can't say it went to plan and remind me how this ends this is it's in that wheelhouse yeah it's in that excellent I mean I'm excited for it that's excellent awesome thank you so much for joining us today and if you haven't read any of Gabrielle's books before make sure that you they're pretty much available at every bookstore um can't say when to plan is your latest one that's out um and where if people want to get in contact with you have a little bit more of a chat with you about writing or anything where can um listeners find you 
So Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Gabrielle Tozer, nice and easy. Um, I also have a Facebook page, like a professional Facebook page, if you just Google Gabrielle Tozer. Otherwise, it's my website, gabrielletozer.com. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll pop that all in the show notes. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you.